Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Connect. I'm glad that you're with us today as we're, we are wrapping up the Good News series. It's been a great series, and what a way to climax with Gavin getting baptized. You know, uh, for college, I went to Colorado Christian University, and I absolutely loved it. Best four years, such a good time, and uh, it was very formative for me. The faculty and staff really mentored me, really shaped who I am, helped me grow in my faith, realize the gifts that I have. Uh, I found a community there that was unlike anything I'd experienced at the time. Felt like I was able to connect with my peers, resonated with them, had a place to belong. And I even met my wife at college. So you could say it's a pretty good season. Now, when I was in that season of life, I just bled our school colors of navy and gold. I convinced a friend of mine back from high school to transfer after his freshman year to come out to CCU with me. And it was everything I could do. I just wanted to welcome students to campus. I wanted to tell them about the school. I would arrive early being on student leadership. I'd get back from summer break early, cutting summer break short because I wanted to welcome new students onto campus. And then my last summer, between junior and senior year, I decided, you know what, I've never been much of a salesman. I'm way more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. But people have got to know about CCU. So I was a student ambassador. And during the day, what I would do is I would give tours of campus, telling prospective students all about the school. And it was great. I was exhausted at the end of the day, but I was full because I felt like I was able to tell people about something that they just had to know about. Now, even more than my experience at CCU, Jesus has been like that for me. Like, I loved that season of life, but even more than that season, I love Jesus. And it's why I've decided to follow him. It's why I've dedicated my life to help others follow him. Have you ever had an experience, could have been a trip, could have been a person you met, could have been a show you saw, something that you experienced, and it was so amazing that you just think, people have got to know. Well, Jesus is like that for me, and he was a lot like that for the Apostle Paul, and it just oozed out of him as Paul wrapped up his letter to the Romans. Now, this passion for Jesus doesn't just have to be a me thing or Paul's thing. It can be your thing too. And when you know Jesus, when you've experienced life with him, there, something should rise up within you. A passion should burn within you because people have got to know. Now, this message, this is the message of Romans. It's been the message of this whole Good News series that Jesus has forgiven us from our, for our sin And he has connected us with God. Like, we can now have a relationship with God because of Jesus. 
Jesus has given us a community to belong with in the church, and he gives us his spirit to transform us, to empower us, to strengthen us for the life he has for us, to make a difference. You see, when we know Jesus and when we've connected with others, he expects us to help others connect with him too. And we've heard this message of, of, the, of the good news, but how do we live as messengers of the good news? How does Paul's passion become our passion where we can't help but share Jesus with others? You see, as Paul shared the good news of Jesus way back in the first century, it's up to us to share this good news of Jesus in the 21st century. Because all along, God's mission has been accomplished through God's people. People like you and me. So how do we, how do we live as messengers of this good news? Well, that's what we're going to learn today as we wrap up Romans. If you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Romans 15 and 16 to follow along. If you need a Bible, we have free Bibles in the back. You can also follow along as well as take notes in our app. As we are going to cover about a chapter and a half of Scripture today, I'm going to read portions of it. I'm going to summarize others so that we can make it through the text and at the same time really ensure that we understand that we're actually compelled by what compelled Paul. Now, before we begin, let's pause, let's pray, and let's ask that God be the one who speaks to us now. Lord, we come before you eager to hear from you, hoping to encounter you. So would you please speak? Would your spirit speak through me? Would it speak through your word? And will we know you more? And will we be compelled to share you with others? It's in your name, Jesus. Amen. Picking up in Romans 15, verses 14 through 16, Paul writes this, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again, because of the grace God gave me, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Okay, we've experienced what Paul says here. Throughout this series, we have preached the gospel plainly, boldly. Uh, we have seen that the gospel is our hope. We've seen that the gospel stands in stark contrast to many of the ways of our world. And we've seen how the gospel changes us. Some of the passages, some of the messages were hard to hear, challenged our thinking. Some confronted our living. And yet, we wrestled it through, worked it through in conversation and discussion in our community groups. And I don't know about you, but I am so glad that we get to follow Jesus together because it's in relationship that we experience growth, that we can experience really the transformation that God wants for us. And Paul highlighted that in a way in what we just read. Relationships are key. Paul then continued to share his personal conviction for the mission of God, and here's how he said it. Verse 17, Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. 
I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. However that's said. (laughs) I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. Can you hear the passion, the conviction, this compulsion in Paul's voice? I mean, he was laser-focused on sharing Jesus with others. In fact, his personal desire to visit those in Rome was delayed because he was sharing Jesus elsewhere. I hate being late to things. That's not to say I'm never late. I just hate being late to things. But I long for the day when I am late to something because I was sharing Jesus with someone. And when I listen to what Paul says here, I'm inspired by a couple of things. The first being that he's motivated by Jesus. I mean, listen to verse 17. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. Paul's goal is making Jesus famous, not himself. I want to be like Paul in that way. I want Jesus to be made famous through my life. The second thing is Paul's experience with Jesus inspired his message about Jesus. Paul knew more about the Bible than you and me, all of us combined. And yet, when he shared the hope that he had in Jesus, he often would share what Jesus was doing in his life and how he was experiencing Jesus move through his life. And that's encouraging to me, because even though I've studied the Bible, I've studied theology, I have the degrees to prove it, even though that's been my story, there are still times, if I'm honest, I get a little nervous about sharing my faith with others because I think, what if they ask me a question I don't know? And and sometimes I hold back. Sometimes I still go for it. Maybe you've been hesitant for a similar reason. You know, you and I might not have all the biblical knowledge of Paul, but we do have an experience with Jesus, and we can share of that experience with others. We can share how we met Jesus for the first time, maybe why we chose to get baptized and follow him. Or we could share what we're we're experiencing with Jesus right now. How how is he moving in our life right now? Uh, Let's not overthink it and thus get paralyzed, wondering, oh no, what what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? You know, worse comes to worse. They ask us a question we don't know the answer to. So, we say something like this. I'll give you a sec. You can write this down. We say, I don't know. I don't know. But that's a great question. You know what? We should look into that together. I even think of Gavin and the questions he's asked me. I'm serious. No one has asked me more questions and more challenging questions than Gavin. There were many times where we would look to Scripture and we'd wrestle it through and and really try to understand what does the Bible teach on whatever he's asking about. 
And even still, there were times Gavin asked me questions and I had to say, I don't know. But that's a good question. Let's look into it together. So I'm inspired. I'm inspired by Paul's motivation to share Jesus. I'm inspired by his personal experience with Jesus and how that really was the message that he shared. And then the third thing is, I'm, Paul focused on those Jesus was focused on. Uh, Paul explained it this way in verse 20. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. When I read that, it reminds me of what Jesus said when he was asked about his life's mission. Uh, He kind of was talking to his disciples, talking to some others, and and he explained why he came, and and this is what he had to say in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So here we have Paul, and his ambition was to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, and Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Can I tell you something? That's the very reason we started Connect Church, to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. Amanda and I, we didn't need a new church. We were part of a great church in Maine. We loved it. Life was good. And we felt compelled, we felt called to, as Jesus talked about, to, to like leave the 99 to find the one. Because that's how God pursues us. And we wanted to represent that here in South Denver in the Front Range. We had lived here before. We knew there were tons of great churches. We just knew there were even more ones who didn't yet know Jesus. And we believe, with everything that's in us, that every one deserves an opportunity to connect with God, the church, and their purpose. So here we are. And many of you have linked arms with us for this very purpose You see, it's for this reason, like Paul, I say I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for our salvation to everyone who believes. So are you with me? Because this is what we're called to. You know, God may call some of us to move across the country. He might call some of us to move across the the world. But he calls every single one of us to walk across the street. And one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that you have to move to be a missionary. No, you don't. God has placed us right where we are to love the people right in front of us. Here's how I'm I'm trying to do this. Here's how I'm trying to live as a missionary in my just everyday life. Some of you know, I have had chronic neck pain for almost five years now. And a massage periodically helps kind of relieve the tension. So one day, recently, I was having a massage, and I got to talking with the massage therapist, and it came up just how disconnected people feel these days. I was like, well, that's a great intro. You know, we think so too. And we just start talking and share how, you know, we gather as a church here at the rec center, and she seemed interested, so I was like, well, you should join us on Sunday. We meet at 10 a.m., Lone Tree Rec Center. And, and I didn't honestly think a whole lot of it after that. But then when uh, she walked in the door with her husband that Sunday, I was surprised. I shouldn't have been. I invited her. <laughs> but I've invited tons of people, and they haven't come. And yet here she was. She came. They experienced what we had you know, that Sunday. And... It just reminds me, you never know 
what God's doing in someone's heart, and when they might say yes and actually show up. God has given each of us relationships, where we live, where we work, where we play. So whether it's the person next door, across the hall, at the gym, what can you do to connect them with him? Because we need to passionately share our story and invite others to experience Jesus like we're experiencing Jesus. I pray that as Paul saw the gospel transform the Mediterranean, that we would see the same thing happen in the 21st century in the front range. In fact, why don't we do this? We're just, we're mid-message, but let's pause and let's pray for that very thing right now. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we come before you and we ask very boldly that your gospel will go forth, that you will change lives as they encounter Jesus, and that you would include us in that work. Would you help us to love the person in front of us? And would we see many people decide to follow you, get baptized, and share their faith with others? And together, would we see you transform our region for your glory? It's in your name, Jesus. Amen. Back in Romans 15, Paul then shares his intentions, his desires to visit the Romans, and his plans were as follows. Now, he had fully saturated the Mediterranean, in kind of his own words. Just imagine that, fully saturating a region with the gospel. Anyhow, Paul says he basically has done that. He saturated the Mediterranean with the gospel, and he plans to head to Spain. But before he can head west, he has to go back to Jerusalem to deliver an offering. You see, the churches in Macedonia and Achaia had given a generous offering that Paul needed to deliver to the church in Rome, or not Rome, excuse me, in Jerusalem. Uh, Paul described the generous offering this way in verse 27. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owed it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. Paul's point being that generosity is the logical expression of the gospel. Because God has been so generous towards us, we live generously ourselves. It's why give sacrificially is a value of ours as a church. It's not because everyone just loves giving sacrificially. It's because Jesus is the embodiment of it. And we want to represent our generous God. And, and as your pastor, I want to encourage you. So many of you do this so well. Thank you. Three years ago, when, when God was calling us to move back out here, we were fundraising. And God used the, gener the generosity of friends and family of churches here and, and churches around the country. And that built up our faith. It was like, all right, God's moving. This is of him. And now, three years later, it's your faith that inspires our faith. It's your generosity that inspires us to continue doing what we're doing. Because together, we're connecting people with Jesus by the power of his spirit working through us. So whether it's individually or as a church, may we never presume that, that we have to arrive at some financial mile marker before we live generously. You see, generosity is just kind of like part of the process. It's part of following Jesus. It's, it's just what it looks like to be on the journey. It's tempting to think, well, I've got to be at a certain point before I can live generously. And that's a lie from the enemy, too. And we're trying to live that out as a church. We aren't perfect at it. But even as a church plant, where we're trying to be internally funded 
ourselves so that we can have a, a long-term impact here in South Denver. Even still, we've given to help support a church plant in Arvada because we believe everyone deserves an opportunity to connect with God, the church, and their purpose. And when we give, it's just one way that the gospel goes forth. So let's be a people who give sacrificially, who live generously and represent God in that way. Now, the next thing Paul did was he made a request of the Romans. I'm going to make the same ask of you. Okay, It's in verse 30. He says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Paul went on to ask that the Romans would pray for his safety and favor in his travels. Now, I don't have any travel plans coming up. I wish I did, but I don't. But would you still pray for me? Uh, would you pray for Amanda and me, that we would grow in our relationship with God and that we continue to grow closer together? Would you pray for our girls, Hannah, Chloe, Abigail? Would you ask that they would know, love, and follow Jesus all the days of their life? Would you pray for me as your pastor that I would have the humility, the wisdom, the love to lead our church family as God is calling me to lead our church family? Now, I know many of you, so I know that you're going to take that seriously. So on the front end, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for praying, not just for me, but for our church and also for praying for our region. Paul has demonstrated that God's mission is personal. God's mission is sacrificial. And he really concluded his letter by demonstrating that God's mission is also communal. Uh, he beautifully illustrated this by personally greeting over 26 people, at all who are active part of the church in Rome. Now, I'm not going to read the list for you because that's a lot of names, but you can find the list. You can even open your Bible and you can look at it in Romans 16, 3 and following, 3 through 16. Uh, it includes people like those who opened their home for the church to gather, people who converted to Christ, suffered with Paul, remained faithful to Christ, and worked hard in the Lord. It's a beautiful picture of the church, a church that's united together on missions, serving humbly to, to seek the mission that God has for them. And in many ways, it's not just a, a picture of the church that we want to be, it's a picture of the church that we are. Many of you have united together, ha have used your gifts to serve humbly, have given sacrificially, all to see Jesus' church built up, to see God's mission advance. It, it looks a bunch of different ways. It could be hosting a community group in your home, uh, coming to faith in Christ, faithfully serving. And, and as we saw in Romans 12, we is better than me. So we got to unite together. We got to serve humbly. And we've got to love the one in front of us. Because as we do, those who are disconnected will connect in a growing relationship with God we got to be a, a church compelled by the gospel because people have got to know. And we've got to be a church that's faithful to Scripture. Paul revealed the importance of this when he wrote this in chapter 16, verses 17 through 19. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ. 
but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Not only must we remain true to Scripture, not just picking and choosing what we want to believe because it's comfortable, we have to live it. We have to actually like follow Scripture. We have to obey it. Knowing that, that Jesus changes how we live. And may our obedience to Jesus actually cause us to stand out. May others see something that's distinct about us and want to know what it is. May, may our kids seek to read the Bible because they see us reading our Bible. May our, our neighbors be cared for because we live next door. May our bosses trust us because we're people of integrity. Like Paul, may we show Jesus with our actions and may we share Jesus with our words. So this week, what are you going to do? How are you going to show Jesus' love to those around you? Who this week could you share Jesus with? Because when you know Jesus, people have got to know. People have got to know. As a disciple of Jesus, this means making disciples who make disciples. As a church, it means planting churches who plant churches. Something we are eager to be a part of all the more in the future. So whether it's a disciple made or a church planted, know this, may it never be for our fame. May it always be for his name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Or, as Paul concluded his letter to the Romans, Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaimed about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden from long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news of Jesus. Thank you for the way it has totally changed my life. And thank you for the way it's changed many of our lives. Would you compel us to share this good news with others? Would you relieve our fears, anything that's holding us back? And would you give us opportunities to share of the hope that we have? Would we do that with our actions? Would we do that with our words? And through it all, would you be glorified and would it be for others' good? In your name, Jesus. Amen.